I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jeffrey goes through his entire life following the script that's been laid out for him. He studies so hard neglecting his relationships. He gets good grades and then goes to a good university and then gets a good degree and then gets a good job. He's a good boy. He wakes up in time and spends an hour in traffic on the way to his job. There he mindlessly works for someone else whilst he daydreams of a better life. It takes him an hour to go back home and now he only has the energy to just watch TV and eat junk food. It's nighttime now and he should go to sleep but he just wants to stay up and get a little bit more enjoyment of the day but he knows that this is going to cause him to be sleep deprived tomorrow and of course he makes the wrong decision when he does finally get into bed he calculates that he's only going to get five and a half hours of sleep and then he repeats this five to six days a week for the rest of his life adonis adonis lives a weird life an unscripted life He doesn't follow the same script as everyone else. Everyone is on their way to work and they see Adonis enjoying himself with his son at the park at this time? Isn't he gonna be late for work? Adonis followed the principles from the book Unscripted by MJ DeMarco. When I was 21 years old, I graduated from university with a degree in psychology and I started looking for jobs that I could get. Literally the only kind of jobs that I was eligible for were pretty much the same jobs that I could have gotten before I even went to university. And so eventually I got my first full-time job, which was in customer service, literally taking complaint calls. And whilst I was working in that customer service office, I also enlisted into the military, into the RAF, the Royal Air Force. But then I was so fortunate enough to stumble upon this author, MJ DeMarco, and his first book, The Millionaire Fastlane. And then I went on to read the book that we're covering today, Unscripted. It changed everything for me. Reading this book gave me a new blueprint to wealth that we're going to cover in detail in this long video together. And I could no longer be satisfied working a normal job. And even the thought of working like a military career, it just didn't excite me anymore because I had seen like the truths of wealth that no one else was speaking about. And so for the first time in my life at age 21, I took a major risk. I had rent to pay, but I literally, I left my full-time job and I pursued entrepreneurship instead. That was a couple of years ago when I first read this book and I tried so many different businesses. I went through that period of not knowing what to do with my life but I just kept on following the new script the new blueprint that this book gave me and you know what we'll just let the numbers speak for themselves in the last year I've made over five hundred thousand dollars that's income so before expenses and taxes but I produced like five hundred thousand dollars and just before I really started making money over the last one year and three four five months I was on universal credit that's this like government welfare system in the UK it's where you get like 300 pounds a month. I was literally so broke that the government was giving me money. And before this, I was working just slightly above minimum wage. How did I, a guy who was working for minimum wage or literally on benefits on government welfare, go on to make half a million over a year? It all came down to me following a different script than I see 99.9% of people follow. I see young people following the wrong script to making money that's been put onto you by your family or your teachers in school. All of the people you trust, including the YouTubers, are giving you shitty advice 
advice in terms of how to build wealth. Not only are your parents or teachers not really educated in this modern wealth building, but the people who seem credible, like authors of financial books or YouTubers who make videos on wealth, are all giving you the wrong advice. They're literally all telling you to like save your money, like you know, or make sure you budget. Like saving and investing is the best way to get to wealth, is it? Fuck. They're all lying to you. The author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich, Ramit Sethi, lying to you. He's made a book literally telling you, oh, well, the best way to get, get get wealthy is to trust in compound interest. Bullshit. All of these intellectual authors and bloggers that probably your parents listen to are telling them to just penny pinch and save as many dollars as possible and don't buy coffee. They're trying to instill like the scarcity mentality into you to make sure you save every dollar possible and put it into the big compound interest machine of index funds. And then hopefully, just hopefully, you can retire at age 59 instead of 65. That is not the kind of life that we want. Early retirement by six years. Shut up. The rich are following a completely different script than you are and they're not telling you what it is. There's these fakers, these authors, these YouTubers who are teaching you like how to get wealthy, the best way to, to get wealthy. And they're telling you that the best way is to save as much money as possible and to like invest it safely and everything. All these guys are lying to you because they know that this is what's gonna sell to like average people. They know that telling the drones of average people like, oh yeah, the reason why you're not a millionaire is because you've been buying a coffee every day for 67 years. But like, bro, I'm 25. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Coffee, coffee every day is making you broke. No, it's not. You're the same people who give out this financial advice and they are probably millionaires. Guess how they made their money? Cause they're telling you, oh, save, don't buy anything, invest. They made their money through business but they don't tell you that because business is hard as fuck. In this video, we're gonna break down exactly what it takes to destroy this like bullshit script that's inside of you and to make a business that's gonna be successful, but it will require relentless commitment. If you're a pussy, if you are weak, if you don't have willpower, if you don't have discipline, then you won't make it. Look at the view count of this video. 99.9% .9 of those views will not make it. You want the real controllable route to wealth that you have total control over through business. And you need to wake up every single day for a couple of years with that total one focus in your mind to make your business successful. You wanna play one hour of video games? You wanna watch anime? You wanna watch movies? Then this video is not for you. If you wanna explode your income and provide value like this good quality product or service to the entire world and become an entrepreneur, then this video's for you. Continue watching. Yo, by the way, bro, my friend and very, very successful entrepreneur, Iman Gadzi, he's going to be running a four-day event called the Digital Renaissance. And I'm going to speak. I'm going to be like a guest speaker on this event. It's going to be live near the start of November. And it's going to be kind of like four Netflix-style episodes of how to become an entrepreneur and what kind of business to start and how to achieve that unscripted lifestyle. And he's even going to break down that concept of hard times create strong men and why this might be the time to really take this seriously and achieve like a good level of financial security. Scroll down to the description of this video and click on that top link to sign up for this event and you can do that for free. Everything that we're discussing today in this full-length guide is coming from the book Unscripted by MJ DeMarco and he is literally one of the very, 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 very few entrepreneurs and authors that I trust. Let's talk about the script that we've been fed. MJ DeMarco, who's the author of the book that we're covering today, says that there's statements that represent the script that most people follow. Listen to these statements and see if one, you've heard them before from maybe from people that you love, and two, if you believe them. To succeed in life, you need a college degree. Starting a business is risky. To get rich, you should save your money. To get rich, you should invest in the stock market. To retire early, make sure you work hard, save money, invest, and let compound interest work its magic. If you want more money, go back to school and get an advanced degree. The script is like our belief system about how wealth is created and made and like how to make money and how to make lots of money. Perhaps this is a conspiracy theory, but the script is set by powerful elites, maybe corporations like the Rockefeller who have such a huge level of control, more than presidents do. And they've instilled this script onto everyone, especially starting from a vulnerable early age in school so that they can create the next generation of nine to five workers. The script is made by those powerful elites, but it's routinely spread by the crowd of people who believe it. Your friends, your families, your teachers, your co-workers, the author of this book that we're covering today, MJ DeMarco, he asks you to ask yourself this question. If I accept average advice from average people who are living average lives, can I expect to be anything other than average? I remember reading this part of the book a few years ago where he asked you to ask yourself this question of, you know, if I accept like everyone's average advice, then won't I become average? And I literally brought, I got this like, kind of like this feeling that I felt like I was a horrible person because instantly I just thought, wait, bro, and this is horrible as fuck to say, but you can maybe relate. And it's so fucking insulting and disrespecting. I don't want to say it, but it's like, I, I need to... I just saw a glimpse of my dad and my mom. And I just thought like, if I take their advice, I'm going to end up like them. 
and I, I don't want that. My dad's worked like, like a laborer, like these like quite low level jobs hard long hours nights dangerous as well like bro my, my dad's been attacked like he's worked as like a shopkeeper and a taxi driver and everything my mom's been like a housewife and they pushed the same script onto me and my brother and my sister which is you know go to school study really really hard and then get good grades and then get into a good university then get get a good degree and then get a good job and hopefully me and my siblings can become one step above our parents and just reading this part in this book even though it sounds fucking horrible just something clicked and i was like fuck me bro i don't want to be one step above my parents bro i want to be far higher than that and i know that sounds horrible but you can probably relate to it. You've got to think, bro, whoever is giving you advice can only really get you to where they are. It's kind of like a dark thought, but most likely you don't really want to have a life like your father or your mother. You want to be far more successful than that. But all they can do is from their own eyes tell you what they've observed from like the people who are one step above them. And you know, they've been working like quite low level jobs or something full time, unideal. But then they've seen that kind of like that that dynamic of, you know, the doctor who makes so much more money and he's got prestige. And like your parents are so envious of that. Like they wish they were doctors and you know, they had kids and they're like, okay, I'm going to do everything in my life to make sure that my child can become like a doctor because he'll have such a good life. But what your parents don't see is the modern day script is like that doctor's working 80 hours a week, hates his life, commuting, unhealthy, doesn't have time to exercise whilst he's on TikTok looking at little girls who make his yearly income in three months. Your parents or teachers, they don't know this like new age of making money, bro. There's little girls out there, 12 years old, 15 years old girls who are literally making like five figures, 10, 20, 30K a month from things like TikTok and YouTube. The doctor has so much prestige that our parents like, you know, they want to follow the script and put us on that. How does a guy in a bathrobe make the UK doctor's salary every month? The UK doctor's salary starts at like 30K a year. Now, fair enough, that's very low for doctors, but even let's say 100,000 per year. I make that in three months and I'm just a guy with a bathrobe who just followed this book. Now that sounds simple, but it wasn't just as simple as like, oh, I read this book and now I'm rich, bro. I dedicated my fucking life to this, but it can be done. So you should probably just take a second right now, maybe pause the video straight when I'm done saying the sentence. And I just want you to kind of visualize the people who are giving you advice in terms of like success and wealth and just kind of see where they actually are in life. So what exactly will happen if you follow the same script as everyone else? You probably already know. If you stop numbing yourself and stop distracting yourself, just constant mindless media and like drinking twice a week and smoking weed and you're just distracting yourself with like fucking self-improvement videos like this and you actually just open your eyes and just see how people are living, you will realize you don't want to live that life and yet you are walking right towards them. It's like you're a cow on the way to the slaughterhouse but you're walking there with total control of yourself. You're seeing the cows up there get butchered and you're la 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 la. You're just still, you're just walking forward. You can see what's happening to those cows. They're getting butchered up there. Don't go. But nope, la 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 la. Everyone's just walking forward anyway. What happens when you follow this normal script that everyone's following? You see all these people, like these hardworking people, honestly, like a lot of these guys who are like, you know, they're going to work here that you see who are, you know, waking up early, going to the job that they don't like. They are actually hardworking, but they're like grudgingly living a life that they don't actually want, that they don't have any level of freedom or control. They work hard. They're experiencing discomforts and sleep deprivation and challenge and yet they're working for someone else in a job they don't you know really really like and they're not making that much money and even though they're working every single day their bank balance doesn't really seem to grow so it's interesting your parents and your teachers are trying to put this script onto you and they've been following the script for a while not as good as you know that they're, they're hoping that you will follow the script but they have been following it for what 20 years your parents have been working for what 20 years 30 years your teachers have been working for 20 years 30 years you could probably guess that what's in their bank balance right now is less than 50,000 pounds. How have they followed this script for 20, 30 years and they have less than 50,000 in savings? Surely if this script was like the, the route to wealth, oh yes. Surely after working for 20 years and following the script, they should have far more than that, right? They're all waiting for retirement, trying to save as much money as possible, like neurotically making decisions to try and save the household, like $87 a month. They're hoping to retire at age 57 instead of 65 if they've been really good and like deprive their family from coffee, like never buy coffee. Having family flush Fridays, we're like, well, you know, we can save like 87 cents if we don't flush after every single shit. Come on, family, everyone have a shit in the toilet at once. And then if we flush, then, you know, we'll, we'll save like, $2. Oh, well, you know, we can go for the shitty internet broadband package and we'll save $12 a month. And then you have to use like some slow ass internet connection. Is that the life that you want? Is that the promise that you're willing to accept from all these people in the script that like, yeah, just be a good boy and you know, keep sacrificing, keep sacrificing. And hopefully you'll be able to retire a few years early. I saw through like this sort of matrix, the, the script age 21 when I was looking for these jobs. And I remember going for a particular interview. I went to this like big fancy building, right? Almost kind of prestigious. It was a job for an income 
of 17,000 per year. 17,000 per year. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I've got to start somewhere. I go to this interview and who would you expect would be doing the interview alongside me? It was like an entry level position, 17,000 a year, bro. You know, I was kind of expecting like, oh yeah, or they're like uni graduates or like, you know, an 18 year old or something. Everyone who was in the interview, it was like a group interview. Those are always cringe, but like there was like four or five other people doing an interview with me. I think one woman and all, all men, they were all like middle-aged. They had followed the script like good boys. And, and good girls and here they were in a group interview sat next to me and i just spent the last few years like partying and smoking weed and fucking girls in university and they were sat in an interview next to me and they like they had followed this script you know it was literally that moment where i looked around and i was like man this is kind of embarrassing not not just like you know for that like yeah i'm not i remember i text my brother my brother's kind of like a scripter right and i literally remember this exact day okay i'm in that job interview and i literally remember texting him saying like you know there's people here who are middle-aged that's just embarrassing i can't believe like they've not leveled up in life and stuff and my brother almost like angrily said like like, oh no no but you know they're, they're being productive like they're, they're working hard and stuff just pushing the same level of the script instead of saying like yeah that is fucked that like a 40 year old is in an interview next to a 21 year old and we were all sat there just waiting for this interview to start with like uncomfortably tucked in shirts like you know the collar button done and it's like squeezing against your neck just sat there uncomfortable feeling feminine as fuck feeling like so submissive that yeah we, and then you know having to put on like my white voice like I go in there, I talk like this normally, bro, but I had to go in there and like, you know, oh yes, like, you know, pretend like, you know, I'm more civilized than I actually am, bro. You know, sat there like upright, just waiting for the, the daddy to come in and, you know, evaluate us. And hopefully I've been a good enough boy to get fucking minimum wage. Perhaps you've started to look through the script yourself. You've seen guys like Andrew Tate blow the fuck up. Like it's estimated that he was making $5 million per month at like the height of like his fame. And he doesn't have a college degree, but our parents are still telling us like, no, but like go, go study. You're seeing guys guys in front of you defy the script and build a monumental amount of wealth and you're probably beginning to catch on right now but like a lot of people in your life aren't. It's almost like you've woken up slightly and you are beginning to realize, wait, it is weird as fuck when you see people commuting. Like I'm in London right now and I see people, like a lot of people, you know, going out for the commute and taking the tube into work and stuff. And I see just vacant faces. You probably have noticed this. When people are commuting to work, you probably just see like emptiness, soullessness inside of them. And people can call me like sexist or misogynist or whatever they want to say. But bro, especially when I see women along the, the, the horde of people going up to like, you know, the offices and everything. And I see women with like depressed looks on their faces, wearing like masculine style clothing, like blazers, holding a coffee cup up at breast height. I can't help but like, cause I, I am quite like a masculine kind of provider. I can't help but just look at women who would, you know, commute into work like that and just thinking like, holy fuck, like she doesn't look happy. Imagine how happy she would be if she was with a guy who didn't follow the script and who could explode his income so that she didn't need to go to work on like a cold fucking Tuesday morning. Is that gonna be your future wife? I really, really want you to do this visualization. Is your future wife gonna be taking the tube on a cold, damp Tuesday morning? But every three to six months she gets harassed because of the nature of taking public transport just because you continue to follow this bullshit script that you can see is clearly not working for anyone else and that you didn't make enough money so that she could stay at home with the family if you really want a sickening level of motivation right now close your eyes and visualize your future wife the mother of your children literally getting fucking touched on the tube on the way to work i know that this seems unreasonable but you have control and power to stop that you have literally the ability to make so much money that your future wife the mother of your children doesn't need to work. It comes down to destroying the script that you've been fed, going unscripted and learning exactly what it takes to create a successful business. And the good thing for you is that I am a no BS kind of practical kind of guy. I'm going to walk you through the literally the steps of making a good, successful, profitable business, literally all in this video. Following the script leads to two kinds of pathways, the sidewalk and the slow lane. The sidewalk is pretty much where everyone in culture resides. Now, that is a financial mindset of spend everything you earn. You live uh, high off, uh, you know, credit cards and debt. You're, you know, you have a lot of uh, consumer debt, credit cards, whatnot. Uh, and here's the thing is you can make a lot of money and still be living on the sidewalk because you're spending all the money you earn and then you add on top of that. A lot of times, sidewalkers, they look very affluent. They drive nice cars. They live in nice homes. Sometimes they're professional athletes. Bottom line is you're spending more than you earn. So that's the mindset of a sidewalker. And then we have the slow laners, the good boys. Now, the slow lane is pretty much what everyone, if you follow financial media, wants you to 
follow. The Sloan Lane Roadmap is the basically the financial plan of mediocrity. It is affectionately known as Get Rich Slow, and it is tailored by a mindset of you want to save everything you earn, you want to skimp, you want to clip coupons, you don't want to buy expensive things, you want to do nothing, buy nothing, and anything you save from that miserable existence, you want to throw it into the stock market, invest it, and make millions because by the time you're 65, you know, old and gray like me, you're going to be rich. And at that point, you can continue to live the same existence. So if you pick up any financial book that's a bestseller on Amazon or your favorite bookstore, you're going to read a bunch of slow lane ilk. It's going to all say the same thing. Cut your expenses, invest in the stock market, and be patient. Now, the slow lane is common. This is what you're going to see everywhere. And it is a strategy based on pure defense. Defense is cutting expenses. Defense is doing nothing. Defense is driving a shitty car. You never go out to eat. You never drink. You never do anything. You, you live at the, you know, the smallest house possible, the smallest apartments. It is basically a life of horrific mediocrity. And it's kind of funny because here you're trying to be free of money and instead you're enslaved by money. So it's kind of funny. You follow the normal script like everyone else and you have to choose one of these pathways. Honestly, the unscripted life can come down to one sentence. What color is your Bugatti? I have never heard of Andrew Tate up until a couple months ago, about the end of um, August of this year, 2022, where there was a bunch of people on my forum uh, discussing him. He is massively producing content uh, either himself or a bunch of affiliates or disciples or or whatnot. I guarantee you, he isn't on TikTok scrolling through videos all hours of the day. No, he is producing content. So in that respect, we have a very similar business philosophy that you're probably better off observing what he does as opposed to preaching what he does, because you'll get a lot of insights and information on particular business strategies is attaining an audience or reaching a massive audience. Whether you love or hate Andrew Tate, and this is not anything about like his controversy, this is more just a sort of observation of his success. That is a man who is living the unscripted life. That is a man who didn't go through the formal education system, who didn't get a degree and a good job. That is a guy who just made a business, exploded his income, and now lives a very unique life. Andrew Tate is a guy who has perfectly implemented the principles from this book unscripted by MJ DeMarco, perhaps without even reading it. So how do you become unscripted? It starts with what the author of this book calls FTE. Fuck this event. This is a significant event, like a day, a period in your life where you almost like throw your arms up and say like, man, fuck this, I can't live like this anymore. Tate mentioned that this happened to him in his teenage years when he saw someone roll up in a supercar that was worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he just got pissed off that like he wouldn't be able to afford that. He asked his friends, doesn't it piss them off? And they were like, oh, well, no, uh, I don't care. But he went home and he was literally pissed off by the fact that someone could afford a car that he couldn't reasonably think how he could afford. And for me, my FTE, fuck this event, happened one day after I finished work in that customer service department. So, you know, I was working customer service in the complaints department. And I brought, I fucking hated my life. I think one of the worst things of my life then was actually the commute to and from work because I used to take public transport and I would take the tram. So where I was from, Manchester in the UK, there's like a tram line and sometimes you can take it and it's fine, but sometimes it's either really, really packed or there's like full on like crackheads, like screaming homeless guys and everything. And sometimes there's like racist and aggressive people. And it was such an anxiety inducing moment, literally coming from work every single day. And I remember that over the course of a couple of weeks when I was at probably my lowest point in my entire life, I would literally just burst into tears on my commute home. I would kind of hold it in whilst I was on the tram, but I'd be so fucking close and you know, just like pretend to be on my phone and stuff. And a moment I'd get off the tram and I'd go into this, this sort of dark alleyway on the way to my apartment. I'd literally just begin crying. I hated my life. And I just remember this one particular day where, you know, that had happened. I literally cried in the darkness, but, you know, I wiped away the tears because I didn't want her to see it. I go into the apartment and my girlfriend was there because we lived together, me and this girl that I was dating then a few years ago. And I just remembered being like, you know, hungry because I just worked all day. And there was literally just nothing to eat. 
there was just you know nothing in the kitchen or anything and neither me or her literally had enough money in our bank accounts to like order like you know a 20 pound 30 pound delivery like you know like delivery takeaway meal and i remember just lashing out on her and i felt like shit but like literally i just started like shouting i just got like pissed off i'm like i gave her like a certain look thinking like you know almost acting like she was like useless with this kind of mindset like you know i've been out at work all day how's there no fucking food isn't that your responsibility to like make sure there's at least something to eat i just yeah i lashed out emotionally and i'm, I'm getting like frustrated and i had this like kind of like dry throat feeling that i have right now like in reminiscing of the story and i remember just it was maybe 8 p.m pitch black and not such a nice part of Manchester. And I literally just left the apartment just feeling pissed off, put like loud aggressive music on and just like ran just in the dark towards the gym, which was like a mile and a half away. The moment I left the apartment, we usually wouldn't go out at like you know, nighttime like that, especially in the certain, the sort of area that we were living in was a little bit like more rough. It was like Salford, if you know it, Salford, Manchester. That's where like there was gang wars and everything like, like that shit. And I literally just remembered this run on the way to the gym, which was pitch black. Okay, I'm not even talking, you know, you can see and stuff. There was points where it was pitch black and I literally needed to use like the torch on my phone. I was scared as well. I was literally like, my hair was standing up. I was literally thinking like, bro, if a group of guys try and jump me right now, they'll fucking twat me right now. I get to the gym and everything. I have like a shitty distracted workout. I feel like an asshole for like shouting at my girlfriend. And I just got, bro, I got like so fucking upset man honestly like I, I don't really remember what happened after this hopefully i came back and like apologized to her but all i just remembered is like this day changed my life because it pissed me off to think that i had i was working full time and we literally still didn't even have enough money for food we needed to constantly keep messaging our family to ask them to give us money and i was working full time bro i was literally like following the script like yeah you know and have such an amazing job and i could have gotten a, a better degree and stuff but like we couldn't even fucking live on that wage. I hated my life. And you know what the worst feeling was of, of this day, this night that this was all happening, I'm in the gym and stuff. Guess what the worst feeling was? Constantly looking at the clock and thinking like, shit, I'm going to be sleep deprived now. I have to wake up like really early so I've got enough time for the gym and everything. So I need to think, am I going to skip tomorrow's workout? Am I just going to be sleep deprived? It's 9 p.m. It's 9.30. It's almost 10 now. Come on, like I'm, I'm going to have like six hours of sleep. Ended up staying up late that night from what I remember and like just... You know, maybe, yeah, I probably did, like, patch things up with the girl I was with and, you know, apologized and just kind of, like, calmed down a little bit. My life changed after that day. That was my fuck this event. That was, like, a moment for me where I was just saying, like, man, F this. I don't want to live like this anymore. Have you had an FTE, a fuck this event? If you've had one, you'll know. You wouldn't even need to, like, ask yourself and you wouldn't, you know, be a little bit uncertain. It would be already in your mind. Yeah, of course I have. After that day that I almost killed myself, that was my FTE. What's very interesting, this is so fucking interesting, right? To have an FTE... A fuck this event is actually a little bit rare you know why because your life needs to be bad enough that you feel like okay there's no other option i've got to change you can say it's a conspiracy theory or something but the script i believe is, is constructed in a way that your life will become just good enough that you wouldn't want to like change it up drastically when you think about you know like someone works a full-time job and everything they don't like their life they're a bit depressed but their life is just good enough that it doesn't really warrant them changing everything up i was lucky that I had such a bad job. I was lucky that the commute was so unideal. I was lucky that the wage was so low because bro, my wage was 17.5K in this job, right? If the wage was like 25K, I wouldn't have left. I was lucky that I wasn't making that much money. And, and why wasn't I making that much money? Because I was lucky that I didn't perform well in university. I was lucky that I didn't get a good degree. I do have a bachelor's degree of psychology, but like the, the version of it, whatever it is, it's like the ranking was like a third honors, kind of like the worst level of degree that you can get. I was lucky that it was a third honors and my life was bad enough because of that you know the jobs that i could get so that i could pursue entrepreneurship because if my life was like 10 20 better bro i don't think i would have taken that risk to like reset it all and just try making businesses okay let's go over the unscripted framework and this is the exact thing that you need to follow step by step to get to the point where you're no longer following society's script and you've become very successful if you follow this framework which will probably take like i'm not gonna lie to you will take years but the, the time's passing by anyway if you follow this framework you will become extremely wealthy and extremely successful the framework at a first glance is gonna overwhelm you just a little bit but then as we go along with the rest of this video we're literally gonna take it step by step and keep recapping what we've done so at first glance it's just gonna look weird as fuck but just don't worry like we're literally gonna go step by step just follow along with me right here is a picture of the framework that we're gonna follow and it looks really complicated but like i said we're gonna go one step at a time and you can see at the bottom 
bottom of this framework, the foundation of it all, is that FTE, fuck this event, that we've just discussed. So now we're going to move on to the next part of the framework, which is the 3B. And just before that, I want to read you out a quote from this section of the book, which I really liked. Because entrepreneurship is a competitive sport, this framework provides an advantage over those who don't have it. You right now are at an advantage because you have this organized framework that eventually like, you will just you know, come to terms with, you'll really understand what it is. And that will just make you so much better than your competition. Let's go over the 3B section of the framework. So this is the section that's right above the FTE. So once you've had your FTE, your fuck this event, you know that point where your life is so bad and you may as well just risk it all and really try and make a business work. It starts with the 3B, which is your beliefs. Your beliefs are things that you think that are true, which might not actually be. And I hope that you can trust me when I say this. This is quite literally the most important part of this entire framework of this entire video, of literally any video I've ever posted, of anything that you've seen before, the single most important thing in your life, I promise, is your beliefs. Hopefully you can just see the level of emphasis I'm putting here to just take a second and be like, okay, shit, that he's saying it in such a serious way. You should put 10 times more intention into your beliefs. I'll say that again. I hope that you can take this. You should put 10 times more intention, more time, more seriousness, more dedication into your beliefs and really figure out what you believe. There's three beliefs that the author of this book, MJ DeMarco, he says that you probably will have. The first belief is the shortcut scam. This is a belief that a lot of people have, that there's some kind of shortcut, like a special event that will change their lives. And think about it, why do so many people think that one singular special event would change their lives? Because of media, when you think of movies, what happens? The random skinny nerd turns into a superhero overnight when he's like bit by a spider. In Disney movies, the couple getting married is the special event, after which they live happily ever after and you see this in real life with the people around you they think like a new job a new promotion or a new year's resolution is going to change their life forever you cannot have this belief that some special event that some shortcut is going to change your life significantly the second belief that you probably have is what mj demarco calls the special scam which is where you believe that someone else is special at the endeavor that you want to get into and you kind of like have this limiting belief like oh no well i'm not really naturally good at that thing this is where you have a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset it's where you overemphasize the importance of things like genetics and determinism instead of actually just hard work and perseverance. And this belief of the special scam is probably the one singular consistent trait out of all unsuccessful people who aren't in good shape. It's always like, oh, well, you know, the, someone else is special. They've got really good genetics. It's, it's not about my hard work. It's about your genetics. And finally, the third belief that you may have is what MJ DeMarco calls the luck scam. This is where the majority of people believe in luck instead of probability. It's that they have an external locus of control instead of an internal locus of control. And what that means is essentially they think that external circumstances will make up their success, but the successful people always think that everything is under their own control, not external circumstances. What beliefs do you have about wealth, business, entrepreneurship? Are you sat here thinking like, oh yeah, well, you know, this, this video seems nice, but it's not going to work for me because of X. Because I live in a different country. Because people people don't make businesses around here. Oh, because I'm not even good at business. I'm, I'm too busy. Remember, beliefs are things that we are certain are true, but actually might be false. And one of the highest, highest level skills that you could start to implement in your life is to start to question your own beliefs. The next part of the unscripted framework is meaning and purpose. So you've had your FTE, the fuck this event, you know, this event where you thought, okay, come on, I've got to change my life. And then you become aware of your beliefs and you're starting to like pick out the negative self-limiting ones. Now it's about finding meaning and purpose. MJ DeMarco says that it takes relentless commitment to succeed. He says, whilst everyone is out drinking, the entrepreneur is inside working. Everyone's eating junk food whilst the young man on his fitness journey is eating clean. How do you become committed to something long-term so that you'll actually sacrifice for it and see it turn into a success? You become committed to something through meaning and purpose. These are the reasons why you do something. It's why you're making that sacrifice. You must figure out your why. A greater reason for why you want to be an entrepreneur and make money. And I'll tell you mine, you want to know my purpose. My purpose for the work that I do here on YouTube is that I've experienced the life of a Jeffrey. And it was horrible being like a normal guy who just indulged in like brainless overstimulation just on Snapchat and Instagram all day, watching porn, literally fapping three times a day. That was like a normal thing for me, even whilst I had a girlfriend. I was playing video games and just eating junk food and I slowly saw my physique just get worse and worse and worse. I got myself out of that and I think I have the knowledge to spread that can help other guys. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't play video games, I don't watch movies. I'm considered so extreme by other YouTubers 
YouTubers. I don't have any social media. I don't watch TV. I don't party. I've relentlessly committed myself to this work. All because of the commitment that comes from my purpose of thinking that I can be the one to help like my entire generation of men because I've been in that down position. And you know, I've been called extreme by every other YouTuber in my space. I'm known as like the extreme guy because I tell my boys that you should have a 100% productive day. I tell them like one hour of video games is unacceptable. One hour of watching like anime is a waste of time. And the majority of people don't understand why I say that and they think it's too extreme. They don't have purpose. Your purpose is the reason why you take your work so damn seriously. Maybe it's because you and your family live in a developing country which might not even be safe and so you want to be the man who can make money and then take your family out of that situation. When you have a real purpose, you won't want to waste an hour playing video games. So how do you find your purpose? Ah, so finding your purpose, this can be tough, but here's a good thought experiment you can try. I call it the billionaire thought experiment. And what you want to do is you want to visualize yourself winning billions of dollars. And after you do that, after you pay the taxes on it, what would you do? What is the very first thing you would do after you won a billion dollars? Now that answer is probably going to lead you to some insights into your purpose. So your answer might be, oh, I'm going to pay off my, uh, you know, my parents' mortgage, or I'm going to donate to this particular charity, or I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. That's going to give you some great insights into potential purposes you may have. Now, another way of looking at this is after you win the billions of dollars, and you paid off your parents' mortgage, you've done everything you wanted to do, you traveled the world, you drive the beautiful cars, and you live in the big dream home. After all of that is done, what would you do? That answer is going to lead you into some insight into a powerful purpose that may motivate you to do what others will not. That's a really good way to figure out your purpose because it's like this underlying motivator for your contribution to the world. And I'm gonna be very, very mean and insulting here because everyone's been too soft on you. All of these like soft YouTube videos I see where they, they say like, oh, well, you know, like I wasted my 20s too. Don't worry, he he he. I'm gonna be a little bit harder on you. If you haven't found your purpose, that's because you're probably living like an idiot. If you haven't found your purpose before you click off this video, cause now you're getting offended. And, oh yeah, he's not even being that helpful anyway. If you haven't found your purpose, it's, I guarantee it's because you've been numbing and distracting yourself and you've been spending more than like 10 hours a day just sat inside your room just watching brainless fucking content. You'll find your purpose like the biggest motivator of your entire life when you actually get outside of your house and do things that matter. The overwhelming majority of young men can't find their purpose and they're complaining about it. Oh, I don't know what to do with my life. And they literally don't even go outside of their house. The answer is that simple. Spend the next six months of your life just being outside of your house, doing things. Just consuming content on your phone, on your computer, isn't gonna lead you to finding your purpose. Go on a walk and go speak to a random stranger. Go sign up for some kind of event. Join a movement and you'll find something with your life. You can hate me for all you want that I'm insulting you and saying that, yeah, you're, you're a recluse, you're boring. You're being lazy. The only kind of people who don't know their purpose are literally just lazy motherfuckers who just overindulge in, in content. And you can hate me for being insulting towards you, but I guarantee within one year from now, if you do make some progress in here, you will remember me saying this and you'll be like, oh yeah, fuck. Like, yeah, he was kind of mean and disrespectful, but he was right. Or maybe one year from now, you wouldn't have made any progress anyway because you'd still be spending eight hours a day on your computer chair. Which one is it gonna be? Don't you deserve a better life than that? Than just, you know, to, to get upset and to complain, oh, he offended me. If I'm telling you right here, right now, that this is the way to find your purpose, to have the biggest motivator of your life so that you can actually go and be successful. And it's to stop consuming as much content as you are. Now, fair enough, you're consuming some kind of educational content here, but bro, I guarantee you're watching fucking Andrew Tate shorts. TikToks and shit, bro. The next part of the unscripted framework is FE, which stands for Fast Lane Entrepreneurship. And these are five principles which create a rock solid business. And the term that we can use here is sense. C-E-N-T-S. And they stand for control, entry, need, time, and scale. You're gonna learn what each of these mean. And if you can develop these in your business, it will lead to what MJ DeMarco calls productocracy. Essentially, it means that you're so damn good that you grow rapidly. So let's go through the five principles needed to reach productocracy. The first one is control. And this is owning what you build. And MJ DeMarco asks, is there one person or entity who can instantly kill your business? And you've seen this happen just recently with a bunch of YouTubers just getting removed from the platform. I'm at risk 
riskier because my business doesn't have the element of control because YouTube can just cancel me whenever they want. The YouTuber and my friend First Man had his previous business literally just deleted because it was a blog which wasn't very secure. And so the entire thing that he worked on was literally just wiped. You have to ask yourself, do you have total control over the livelihood of your business? If your business is on social media, then you don't. And so this principle is all about mitigating the risk. So for example, if you're a YouTuber, one thing you can do to mitigate the risk of being like canceled and you're deleted off YouTube or TikTok or something is to get people to follow you on multiple platforms. And the best thing you can do is to collect people's email addresses because that can't be taken away from you with any kind of like cancellation. And the maximum element of control that you can have is when you own everything. Instead of being a YouTuber who uploads his videos onto YouTube, you could make your own entire platform. And that guy that I just mentioned, First Man, he's actually planning to do this. When you control everything, you are far more likely to reach insane levels of success. The second principle of fast lane entrepreneurship, remember the term sense? The second principle is entry. You want it to be hard. MJ DeMarco says that as barriers to entry weaken, so does the strength of the business. And what this means is that if it's quite easy to enter the business that you're going into, there'll be far more competition and generally the rewards will be less worthwhile. Imagine you were good at internet marketing like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you knew how to run profitable ads back then. The competition would have been so much easier to destroy because there was such a lack of like, you know, understanding, you know, the internet and especially paying for advertisements on websites was relatively a new thing back then, like 10, 15 years ago. And so if you were good at it then, and when it was quite difficult to get into that business model, you probably would have destroyed your competition and made a lot of money. So ask yourself, how easy is it to start your business model? For me as a YouTuber, it's somewhat easy to you know just create a channel and upload your first video but there is actually quite a big hurdle to posting yourself online and that's like an obstacle that a lot of people stop at which means that the entry for being a youtuber is somewhat in the middle level use this principle to remind yourself to not run away from difficulty if you're starting a business which is quite hard to begin with that might actually be a good thing because a bunch of other guys who are considering that business won't go forward if the business is easy to get into then you're going to have a lot of competition the third principle of fast lane entrepreneurship is need. Entrepreneurship is simple. You literally just find needs and problems that need to be solved and you charge people for that product or service that you make, which fixes that problem. So ask yourself right now, is your business needed? There needs to be a need, a want, a desire for the value that you can provide to people. Another mediocre cafe or restaurant isn't needed in your city and that's why you keep seeing them pop up and then disappear again because they don't make enough profit. They're not needed. But practical, no BS, inspiring, educational content for young men especially is extremely needed. That's why I've popped off so much, you can see that there's such a demand for this kind of like masculine role model. And observing Andrew Tate's success, you can definitely say that there was such a need for the message he was spreading and also the business that he built. Figure out if your business is actually going to be fulfilling a need of the marketplace or not. This is usually where quite unintelligent people who shouldn't be entrepreneurs mess up. They make a business just out of something that they enjoy and then realize that there's no demand for that thing. Nobody cares about your cupcakes or your, your little passionate endeavor. Is there a need that the marketplace will pay for? The fourth principle of fast lane entrepreneurship is time. Remember that term that MJ DeMarco made, producto, how'd you say that word? Productocracy. And essentially what he means by that term, productocracy, is that your product or your service or your business is so damn good that it literally just rapidly sells by itself because people like it so much and they're pretty much, you know, referring it and it just becomes like really viral. For you to achieve that, your business needs to be separated from your time. In the normal scripted life, people's time is tied to their income. So they need to spend time at their job to make money. But you can only become truly rich if you don't need to spend time at like an office or anything to make money. And instead your money comes from things like sales on your website, which could happen whilst you're asleep. It could happen whilst you're not even working. But you have to be careful here and I want you to be totally honest. This is where a bunch of people, perhaps yourself, get stuck in this search for making passive income. Have you ever like went onto YouTube and searched like, oh, passive income, how to make passive income? Chances are, if you have done that, you are a total and utter like, bro, you're weak you're weak and lazy. You don't just like search for passive income. Like this is, it's one of the biggest fucking like clickbait lies these days. Don't search and try to get passive income. Passive income is something you achieve after you ruthlessly work hard and dedicate your life to a business for like two years first. And then that business becomes so successful that it starts to like run without your direct time. But even then, you know, you think like, okay, YouTube is passive income. And it technically is. I don't need to work today, but I'll still make money from YouTube today. You know, my old videos will still keep making money, but it's not totally passive income because if I just don't work at all, then the income will go down. So it's like semi-passive income. It's not something that you should try and pursue straight away when you're making a business. You should be pursuing active income first, working really, really hard. And then with a huge level of success in your business, that business's active income starts making 
making some passive income. The fifth and final principle of fast lane entrepreneurship that MJ DeMarco teaches us in this book is scale. Scale is just being able to make money from way more people than you probably could in like a normal shop kind of business. Like if you imagine a restaurant, they don't really have high scale. How many customers could they possibly get per day? Maybe 100, 200, 300, absolute max. That would be like the craziest day in the restaurant's history was like 200 people came through the door. It's very unlikely like some normal restaurant is ever gonna achieve that. And that's just 200. But with certain businesses, especially the ones that are online, especially kind of a social media businesses, the scale's right there. This video that you're watching right now is an aspect of my business. And look at the scale of it. Look at the views of this video and compare that to maybe the 100 or 200 people that a restaurant would affect. You can see the scale of an online business is magnitudes higher than any kind of like in-person store. So that can be the same as being an author and selling books or growing a podcast or selling an online product or having affiliate marketing. Using online businesses, you can literally have millions of people who like you and who would buy from you. And that is so powerful. So that was the five principles of creating like a very successful fast lane entrepreneurship kind of business. And that was control, entry, need, time, and scale. You wanna try and get as many of these five for the business that you're trying to pursue. Go through each one again and verify if your business model has or doesn't have each one. Can you work out which of the principles of sense I have as a YouTuber? The next part of the unscripted framework is kinetic execution. So, so far in this unscripted framework, now you remember that this framework is how you get to that unscripted life of being like, you know, the entrepreneur who's really rich, who doesn't have to be like one of these scripted bots. With this entire framework, this process of becoming unscripted, we had to start with our FTE, the fuck this event, you know, that, that moment of just hating our lives so much that we were just so ready to take a risk with something new. Then we had to to become aware of our beliefs and really make sure that we didn't have those kinds of limiting beliefs that, you know, the, the sort of determinism that some guys have like, oh no, like I couldn't be rich. I couldn't make a business. Businesses are too risky. And like they have kind of like weak and lazy beliefs. And we, so we became aware of that. And hopefully we can start to make progress from them. Then in this unscripted process, you develop meaning and purpose. And that's like your biggest motivator for why you want to do this work. It's something that's bigger than you. So you remember that my purpose for this work that I do here was that I lived those dark days as like a normal guy who's just overindulging in stimulation. And so I feel like I have the knowledge in my own mind to spread and to hopefully help like my entire generation. And so that gives me so much drive to work hard. All of that gives us the motivation to really start educating ourselves and get serious. And that's when we learned about the principles of fast lane entrepreneurship, which was sense, remember control, entry, need, time, scale. And these are the five things that will turn a business into a productocracy. How do you say that word, bro? Producto, productocracy, productocracy, into a pr Fuck. Into a productocracy, which the author of this book, MJ DeMarco, says is the single most important part of really exploding your income. Now we're on KE, and this part is all about the grind. This is where ideas go from napkin to reality. It's the grind no one sees. Sourcing, manufacturing, learning how to code, enduring endless cold calls. This is where life jolts out of balance and friends start complaining and telling you that they've not seen you in so long because you're so backlogged by work and emails. It's in this stage that you must do something very very different compared to all the wannabe entrepreneurs who never reach any level of success. You have to take action before answers. This is the stage where you try and figure shit out by taking action, by trying to put your product or service in front of other people. This is not where you waste time making a logo, writing up a business plan. This is where you literally try and work on the business model and try to like just get the leanest, most minimal viable product that you can and put it in front of someone to see the feedback. This is where you would record your first 20 YouTube videos without really knowing who you're recording for or what niche you really want to get into. Because at this point, there's two kinds of people and I'm hoping that you're this kind. Most people at this point will just kind of like keep waiting for no reason and you know they'll kind of say to me like oh well you know I'm, I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel oh, like when someone says oh I'm thinking about starting I know that they're a pussy this is the majority of people and this has probably been you in your business venture you wanted to learn how to code or make a YouTube channel or whatever business you wanted to get into this is most people like oh you know I'm thinking about it no the other kind of person literally just jumps right at it and tries whatever they can do immediately it's the kind of person who considers oh shit like YouTube might be something that I would like they grab their phone and record a YouTube video there and then and so there's yet another framework for us to remember. Now, this framework that we're gonna go through is the triple A. And this is the framework that turns on kinetic execution. And essentially, this triple A framework will literally teach you on how to take action in the right way that will actually lead to success. And the triple A framework is act, assess, 
adjust. So we'll go through this, this triple A framework together and we'll imagine that you want to get into the business of growing a YouTube channel. So for this first part of this triple A framework, remember it's act. The action that you could take if you wanted to start a YouTube channel is grab your phone and record a three minute video of you just talking about something that you're interested in. And in fact, I'm going to tell you the exact answer I would give you and that I've given to a lot of people when they ask me like, oh, well, you know, I'm considering YouTube. Do you have any tips? I literally look at them in a quite a rude way and I tell them, shut the fuck up, grab your phone, record 50 videos over the next two months and then ask me for more advice then. Because 99 times out of 100, the person who's asking, like I know sound like an asshole who would probably waste my time. We need to figure out if you're actually serious or not. And so many guys are in this like wishy-washy thinking stage. You need to start this framework by just taking action, grab your phone, record the first shitty video and upload it onto your channel. Most of these people who are following the script are action fakers. They're mental masturbators. They're the kind of guys who don't really wanna take real action, but they just pretend that you know, they're taking this business seriously. So when I was at this stage around two years ago and I was ready to take action, I did so by just literally recording random videos that would come into my mind and upload them onto this YouTube channel. And you can still see them. You can see the videos were all over the place. On one video, I talk about meditation. And then on the next video, I talk about curing back pain. I've never even experienced back pain, but it was just like, oh, well, you know, like, let's just record it. Let's act. And then let's see what happens. And that brings us to the second part of this triple A framework. So just remember this triple A framework, act, assess, adjust. It's how you like take action in the right way. So the first part was act, you know, just take action with something, anything. The second part is assess. See how the marketplace or the customers respond to the action that you took. Listen to their feedback, even when it's not what you wanted to hear. So let's say two years ago, I just took action and I just recorded a video on back pain. It didn't really get any views. And so that was a message in itself. That's how the marketplace responded to my video of how to cure back pain. So since my back pain video didn't get any views, that was kind of like a message from YouTube and the customers and the marketplace that they weren't interested in that kind of video. And so I kept on taking action, just recording random videos. And one of the random videos that I made was on dopamine detoxing. I saw the market's response to that was really good. It got a lot of views. This was at the start of my YouTube journey. And suddenly this dopamine detox video got like a thousand views. That was the market, the viewers of YouTube telling me something. And so I assessed it and thought, okay, more videos like this, more videos talking about stimulation and self-improvement. And the third part of this triple A framework is adjust. This is like correcting course. So we took action, we assessed what the market or the customers or the viewers feedback was, and then we adjust, we correct course to go into the right direction based on the assessments of the marketplace's response to our action. So starting from the beginning again, I took action and just recorded random YouTube videos. One of them was the back pain video. It didn't get any views. I assessed that it didn't get any views. And then I corrected course and I was like, okay, no more back pain videos. Then I took action again and I made a video on dopamine detoxing. I assessed the viewer's response to that video. This was all like two years ago and it got like a thousand views, which was a lot for me. And then I adjusted by making more videos similar to that. Act, assess, adjust. This is the triple A framework that will help you to take action into the right direction. So this part of the unscripted framework, remember it said KE and that stands for kinetic execution, is when the author of this book, MJ DeMarco, says that you need to instill discipline and expect it to be difficult at this time. This is that time when you have to do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. What I love about this part of the book is that the author drills in so many mindsets that I also drill in onto my YouTube channel for the young men who are getting onto self-improvements. One of the things that he argues here is that he says that balance is bullshit and I totally agree. He says in the book, do you think Michael Phelps would have won 23 Olympic gold medals through balance. Of course not. Extreme success is created out of balance. Balance is like another scripted lie and it's especially pushed forward by these sort of like weak, undisciplined men who are like, oh, well, you know, that he's, he's living a life out of balance. He's an extreme guy. Well, yeah. You know, people say this about me all the time. Oh, I'm very extreme with myself and bro, oh, he's, he's not having, bro. Of course I'm extreme. You're not gonna get successful without being extreme. Pick one huge goal and commit your day-to-day -day life to it for two to three years and just don't do much else apart from progressing to that goal and you will achieve it. And I know that some people will hear that and be like, oh, well that sounds really sad. Like, oh, I want balance. But if that huge goal is part of your purpose and also that goal would transform your life forever, like for example, becoming extremely wealthy, well then it's worth you to dedicate your life for the next two to three years for it. Because these guys who say, oh, well, you know, like, oh, that's really extreme. I'd rather live a life of balance. Well, guess what? They don't even achieve 50% as much as the guy who goes extreme in one area. But let's say your success in different areas like studying, fitness, social skills, dating, you know, all these different areas that we could level up. If your success is just in balance, like here, you're just gonna be another normal person. But what you need to realize is that all of the rewards 
the recognition, the status, the money, the wealth, all of it goes to the guy who's way, way higher on one pillar of life. Now you should try to level up the most important pillars of your life, especially things like mental health, social skills, but you should have one, maybe two parts of your life that you put 90% of your thoughts into. For me, that's the movement that I'm leading here, this YouTube channel, that's like you know the most important part of my life. And then also my fitness journey. And you know what's interesting? My fitness journey and weightlifting and building my physique means a lot to me, but you know what I've really realized? The more that I try and really focus on that and level it up, the more that it takes away from my success here in YouTube. You only have like a certain level of like mental energy that you can use. And if you're trying to achieve like a completely separate goal, you will take away some potential success in potentially what is the more important thing. And so when I'm in a period of really wanting to maximize my success in work like I am now. All I'm thinking about is work and my fitness journey kind of takes like a backtrack where of course I still go and work out, of course I still eat clean and everything, but I'm not like killing myself to make sure I'm bulking at 4,000 calories a day and like how many grams of protein, I'm not tracking my calories. I'm eating clean, but I'm not tracking my macros or weighing out every individual grain of rice because I'm so focused on my work. Instead, you have to realize balance is a lie. You can achieve balance, but then you will just be mediocre. If you really want to have an extraordinary experience of life, you need to go out of balance and choose one endeavor that you really want to just fucking dominate. And for me, that's my work right now. For most of my adult life, it was my fitness journey. We're almost at the end of the unscripted framework, and now we're on the 4D section, which stands for four disciplines. So in the book, the author says that this is the part when you'll actually start to achieve a good level of success. We've done all of that groundwork, and especially with just the last section that we covered, the KE, kinetic execution, you know, the daily grind. This, where we're at now, the 4D, this is where success starts to kick in. But the author says that if you want to continuously keep getting more successful and be more than just a flash in the pan of kind of like a guy who gets successful and then disappears. You need four disciplines. The first discipline that you need to grow and maintain your success is to be immune to comparisons. Social media and the modern world around you in like movies and TV shows and Instagram and like these big billboards and everything, they put more successful, more attractive people in your face. Perhaps it's a conspiracy theory, but maybe the reason why you constantly see people who are doing better than you is because it's kind of like the script's way of making you feel inadequate and making you feel like you need to keep on working, keep making money and keep spending money. Unfairly comparing yourself to some other random person who's more successful than you, it literally, it bro, it fucks your mind, it fucks your mental health and it makes you act in quite weird, sporadic, irrational ways that usually go against your goals. I take responsibility, I have done this so many times where I will see the success of someone else and I will compare and get a little bit jealous, like, you know, I want their success. So I did this with Mr. Beast. I saw him hit like 100 million subscribers. And I'm such an ambitious guy that I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can hit 100 million subscribers in a few years. Let's do it. Like I'll dedicate my life to it. And so I changed up my goal. I changed up my entire channel, my movement to try and go for that goal till eventually I took a step back and I was like, hang on, the videos I'm posting now are just clickbait and over edited and they're not really even helping people. I compared my success to some guy who's playing a completely different sport. So you know what you need to do because we don't want to compare. We know that's bad for our mental health, but we also know that competing, being in competition with other men increases our testosterone and it makes us work hard. What you need to do is to compete with someone who's running the same race as you, who perhaps is either a friend who's running alongside you or someone who's either further along in the same race as you are. We want to compete with the people who are running the same race in the same sport. We do not want to compare with someone who's just playing an entirely different sport. So how do you develop this discipline of stopping yourself from comparing with other people? Honestly, you have to take a big step back from normal life, especially social media. Go on to a dopamine detox where you're not just constantly like looking at Instagram pages of a guy who's more muscular than you or you're not just constantly like watching movies or something comparing yourself against like the lifestyle of some other imaginary character and then relentlessly obsess over your goals and your mission and align everything to your purpose and do not deviate away from this all of your actions should be aligned to your purpose your mission your goals not someone else's it's so easy to watch this and be kind of uninterested right now and think oh yeah whatever yeah don't compare myself to anyone else but you should really really consider having the humility to take this seriously and just kind of hold your hand up and say, you know what? I am kind of at risk to comparing myself to someone else and that might actually fuck me up. So let me just like be honest. When could that happen? In what endeavor could I compare myself to someone else? And I'll do this right in front of you, okay? Because bro, I'm not perfect with this. I'm pretty bad with this. I, I often do compare myself to someone else. So I could hold my hand up and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna take this seriously. I'm gonna have humility. I actually do often compare myself to someone else. And sometimes that's been kind of catastrophic because I'll change my goals based on someone else. Where does this happen? Like, how can I protect myself from this? So it happens in work, in terms of this YouTube channel and also in fitness. So what if I set a concrete, disciplined, iron routine, 
with my fitness journey? What if I just make it really simple and I just choose like six exercises that I know for a fact I'm gonna continue doing for the rest of my life and I just stick to those. And when I see someone else talking about, oh, well, you know, this, those exercises are rubbish. I, you, I do these exercises and I eat like this. I'm like, no, no, I've just got my routine and I know that it's gonna work for me. It's so, so valuable. And this is coming from like, you might not be able to relate to this just yet, but this is coming from someone who's almost fucked his entire, entire business. Because I saw someone else's success and I pivoted so hard that eventually I, I almost destroyed everything. So it's so, so valuable for you to just take a few minutes and really try to set some kind of precautions for this. The second discipline to grow and maintain your success is purposed saving. This is where you act with discipline to have a goal and intent with the money that you save to make sure that you're safe from things like emergencies or a big tax bill. Because this is where, and you've probably seen this so many, so many times, of a bunch of like, you know, the young idiot rappers who make so much money and then they lose it all. Or the same with the athletes. Like some random athlete just gets so, so you know famous. They make so much money and they start buying stupid shit. And then eventually you just hear about them going bankrupt and you don't really think about it more. Because you know, that seems like some like weird persona type of person that we can't relate to. But that's a real person who, you know, was probably like in the ghetto, you know, like struggling, not making too much money. And suddenly within the space of a couple of months, they had $200,000 in their bank account. And these people didn't have discipline and so they spent that. They, they, they saw $200,000 in their bank accounts and then they spent it. And then they had to pay a massive tax bill of 50K and they couldn't pay it. You must have the discipline of purpose saving. So it's worth to just take some time right now to think, okay, what could you need money in the bank account for? And my answer is emergency funds, just in case any bullshit comes up, you want like a few thousand just in cases. And then also to stack up for like tax payments, VAT payments. The third discipline is what MJ DeMarco called measured elevation. And it's kind of like being aware and limiting your lifestyle inflation. Lifestyle inflation is when you start to upgrade your life when you start to make more money. And that seems kind of normal, right? So you make more money, and of course you start buying more things and improving your life. Most people do this, they make more money, and they increase their life at the same time. But then the issue is that when the money stops, their lifestyle's up here, and then they're in debt, and then their life just kind of fucks up. The better way is with measured elevation, is where you allow your income to go up, where you don't really change anything for a while. You let there be like a little bit of a gap, and then you start going up. So you create this almost safe zone. Honestly, I feel like I'm probably the single best advocate for this. It was around a, a year and a half after my business started to really pop off and I was making a good amount of money that I started to like buy things for myself. I don't know if you're gonna believe this. I wore the same trainers that I had before I made my business up until the point I was making around 25K a month. And these trainers, these black Adidas Ultra Boost trainers, I bought pre-owned when I was living in Manchester, like when I was working full-time. I bought a pair of trainers pre-owned when I was working my full-time job and I kept on wearing them literally a year and a half after when I was making 20 to 30K per month. And you know what's interesting? I literally wore those same trainers to a trip in Dubai where I did a collab with this like famous entrepreneur. And I just remember like almost feeling out of place, but like I was in the materialistic capital of the world with a hole in my shoe. Lifestyle inflation is why so many people live paycheck to paycheck, no matter how big that actual paycheck is. It's because they literally just spend too much. So how do you implement measured elevation? Well, you need to discipline yourself to enjoy the fruits of your labor, but not in an idiotic way. I told you that story, you know, I went to Dubai and I met this like famous entrepreneur. That entrepreneur's name is Iman Ghazi. And he taught me how he handles this. He said he reinvests 80% of the business's profits back into the business. And then he keeps 20% for just blowing and just having fun. And he told me to do the same thing. He said, spend 20% of what I earn in profit as just my own sort of like living expenses and you know, like nice things that you wanna treat yourself to. And 80% reinvest it back into the business. The fourth discipline and maybe the most important, especially if you're a guy like me, is consequential thoughts. What MJ DeMarco means by this is that you really keep in mind that your actions have consequences and you start to do almost like a risk management for the kinds of actions that you take. And we're gonna be very, like vulgar and, and quite frank here. The action, I read this book for the first time and the action that straight away came to my mind where, you know, he was talking about, you know, your actions have consequences. So make sure you, you do like risk management straight away. The first thing that came to mind was like, oh bro, I keep fucking girls without condoms and I'm not even pulling out. Literally, that was like the thought in my mind a few years ago, I read this book and I was like, that's stupid as fuck. The author like really goes into detail and says like, you should calculate the risk and benefit of the action that you're about to take. And if the best case scenario isn't that high, like it's a momentary pleasure, but the risk is very high of, you know, the risk of getting some random girl pregnant, then you need to stop doing that fucking behavior. And there's a few other key behaviors that a lot of young people do, and maybe you're one of them, taking drugs, smoking weed. And you might think, oh, you know, smoking weed's like not risky or something, but a lot of people, including myself, have lost 
years of their life to that shit? Is there some action that you're doing right now that has quite a substantial risk with like quite a little amount of reward? The truly successful people cut that shit out. We're at the end of this guide. I'll wrap it up very quickly so you don't need to like click away because there's some key notes I'm going to tell you here. We've covered a lot in this video. We've covered the entire book and the book is a very, very long book. One of the things that happened to me when I read this book originally and when I reread it for this guide is that I learned so much more and there was almost like so much that I missed out on on my first time of reading it. And that'll probably happen to you. So we've went through this right now and I would probably bet that you only really, really grasped and understood 30% of this video, even though you probably watched along with your attention. Because when I read this book, you know, it was, oh my God, it's amazing, it changed my life. When I've reread it now, I'm like, shit, like I probably only understood like 30% of it to begin with. And now I only understand maybe 60% of it. Maybe I'll have to reread it again in four years or something to really see it more. So potentially you'll want to recap this book or this video sometime in the future to just see like how much more you understand. And hopefully you can get some more learning lessons from that. So after you read Unscripted, what is next? Well, here's what I would tell your followers, hands up, is that you need to get out into the marketplace and engage. Do something, anything. It doesn't even have to follow the sense formula, which is uh, the core philosophy of my books. It doesn't even have to do that. All you have to do is get out there and demonstrate value so you can sell it. I don't care if that's as simple as Oh, you created a, uh, you know, a cat condo and you sold it on Craigslist or some third-party marketplace. It doesn't matter. Go out there and create incremental value so you can see how exactly profits are created. Now, here's another thing to know is that one month of business experience in the trenches doing something, engaging with customers, building a product, selling something, is more valuable than a year of just reading books over and over and over again. So get out into the marketplace, engage, create value, and you're going to watch that your skills are going to start to build and grow. You want to aim for small wins because it's the small wins that build up into the big wins. There's a website that I'm sponsored with and it is literally the only sponsor I've ever taken because it's so perfect for this channel, especially for this video. The website is called Shortform and it's kind of like a website where you can find summaries of self-improvement books. They've got like a nice mobile app and website. They're not sponsoring this video, but I think it's perfect for you. If you want to recap this book, straight away or sometime in the future or any other self-improvement book, I'll leave the short form link at the top of the description. You can go sign up. It's very affordable. It's like the same price as like one book, but you get access to like hundreds of self-improvement books. And personally, I'm just gonna be totally honest. I literally just go on the app when I'm having a shit. So I'm bulking, I'm on 4,000 calories. I have like four to five shits per day. And I literally go through like three books, like three self-improvement books, like the summaries of them per day, because you just open up the app and you just like read the summary quickly. And you're like, oh yeah, like, and you just kind of like re-emphasize the learning lesson that you got from a book that you read a while ago. And you might find that interesting. So scroll down right now and click on the short form link. Also click on the subscribe button and the post notification bell and click and watch this video right now. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.